You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Now launching, Mackie and Judd. We get things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? And the fake pressure coming. Here comes Day. Cousins on the run. A dart to Diggs for a first down. Breaks free into Niners territory. First and 20, four-man rush, pressure, Garoppolo in trouble, down he goes! All kinds of pressure, Richardson got there first, Griffin got the sack. Well, it took us six extra hours to get on the air today, but dang it, we finally got on. I'm well-rested, though. I'm incredibly well-rested. I've this never is... felt more chipper at the start of a Mackie and Judd show in my entire life. I, I, no told Judd, I told Judd when he walked in, Phil. I was like, Judd, you look fantastic. You look, you look refreshed. You don't have bags under your eyes. I worked you look, out. You're, you have energy. I'm not hungover because I quit drinking early enough last night. The best part about, and by the way, that's Manny Hill. Manny's going to be the third voice on our show What's going happened? forward. We are Mackie and Judd, and yes, we're going to be 3 o'clock till 6 o'clock every day until further notice. We have a bunch of things to announce going forward here at 1500 ESPN. Nothing for today, but my favorite part about this afternoon is when Judd, or what, it's like this morning, 11 o'clock, yeah. and Judd rolls in, and his first sentence to the room was, so when I was working out this morning, and everyone's like, whoa, refresh yeah. Judd. Fresh off the gym, gym bag I, I on his slept, shoulder, ready to come. Till, I slept till nine, I worked out, it was fantastic. Judd's going to come oh, in one man. day with like a cutoff <laughs> like with no sleeves on a shirt, and he's just going to be flexing his guns. Like, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Man. That's right. So the Vikings, one and zero. Let's just let's just start with what we saw. I know Manny was on Ventline yesterday. Uh, Vikings Ventline on demand. It's going to include uh, Manny, myself, Judd, Matthew Collar, but Kirk Cousins. I found myself watching Kirk Cousins yesterday, simultaneously thinking at certain times, "Oh my God, that throw or that play." Uh, running outside the pocket, throwing a dart over here, thinking this is the best quarterback the Vikings have had in since 2009, Brett Favre. And then there was two or three or four, or maybe five other times where I'm thinking, ooh, that's why Washington wasn't yeah. exactly right in the Kirk Cousins train. So where, where did you guys fall watching what was at times a clunky, but at times a spectacular performance by the new Vikings quarterback? I thought the throws at times were, uh, to, to your point, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Here, here's the one, and and Kirk Cousins talks about this continually, and I think he does it because he's a bit mind-bleeped by it. I think when you see what you're talking about, where you're like, oh, I, oh that wasn't good, is is the elements of managing the game. End of the first half, perfect example, right? They're trying to drive down the field, and he's under pressure, and he really should just take a sack. And he instead throws a pass to Dalvin Cook, which goes for a six-yard loss. It's like, no, 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 dude. Yeah. No, no, you've played this game a long time. Don't throw that bad. Dalvin Cook can do nothing with that pass. But I think when it comes to, to the dynamics of dropping the ball in, he's going to be very good. But I, the managing of the game part at times... My observation is he's going to drive us crazy. I want to know, what, what did you guys think of the end of the first half? 
because they were driving and they got to about midfield, maybe about the San That's Francisco forty. That's what I'm talking 40, about. And he threw it to Dalvin Cook. He he got, threw, yeah, and then like at the end of the the, the last play of the half, the Forty ers come in with an all out blitz and drop him for I don't know yeah. whatever. Yeah. It's like. That whole sequence was really, really weird. Okay, me. here's the the best dumb analogy I can think of. You ever, uh, you're at a bar or you're at a gathering and just a gorgeous single woman walks into no, the room. No, stop. You're thinking. I have no idea what you're talking how about. How in the world are you, there's, how is that person single? Or vice versa, right? A guy comes in, good looking guy comes into a room and you want, there's always things beneath the surface. Oh, that's why you're 38 and have been divorced three times. Or <laughs> that, okay, that makes sense. And I felt that way. There's times I'm thinking, this is not this is an MVP caliber performance. That throw to Stefan Diggs. Okay, but then, ridiculous. like, the stuff before the end of the half or... The uh, touchdown to Rudolph, too. Was, yes. Oh, both I his mean, touchdown passes were gorgeous. Yeah. Yes. Right on the money and, and Case everything. Keenum could not, could not have thrown both those balls. Yeah. Also, isn't it worth noting, though, it wasn't just in the Vikings game yesterday, but the NFL period in week one oh, is, is just block of salt. You, you cannot take what you're watching in week one and think, oh, this is what's going to happen going forward. I told this Things to are Judd, only going to get better for Kirk Cousins. I told this to Judd. I cannot express how happy I was to see the Steelers and Browns end <laughs> in a tie yesterday. Just because, Did you? because it's the Steelers and all the drama going on with them and then you have the Browns. The Browns are the Browns and they were just on hard knocks and everything and they go into a tie on the first week of the season in a rainy, sloppy day in Cleveland. I'm like, this is fantastic. Did you guys watch? You can't make it up. If you watched Philadelphia and Atlanta on Thursday, my God! In Week Eight, that would be a great game. Like if you if you had said we're going to put the defending Super Bowl champion Eagles against just some slappy, terrible opponent, yeah. that that would have been preferable because that Philadelphia Atlanta game, if you plop that into like Week Ten or something, it's going to be a fantastic game. Thursday night, that was dreadful. Yeah, there was there was a, and then there was a sixteen to eight score yesterday. Panthers and the Cowboys. Panthers and Cowboys. Yeah, Week One. Is the weirdest collection of scores every single year. There was a, I think we had a unique historical score too. There was the the forty eight to forty game between the Bucks and the Saints. Mm-hmm. Did I see that? That's never been a final score in an NFL game before. Really? Well, I I saw it was the highest. I think it's the highest scoring opening week game ever. I think. Yeah, I saw that too. That's that, accurate. That's that's the one that I know. But I didn't. Yeah, that's. Wow. The best part is is week one of ob- observations are always so funny because you are so apt then to be like, oh, the Saints, that's not good well, for them. Well, because we said it Saturday. I know. Me, you, and Kyler, we were sitting there like, oh, we we were all in agreement that the Saints are probably going to go to the Super Bowl and win it, and the Bucks are going to be one of the worst teams And we in still the might league. be right, though. And we still might be right, but that was funny to watch that yesterday, and it's... Five minutes left in the first half, and the Buccaneers have 31 points on the board. Come already. week 12, these games, this will we'll look back and absolutely laugh. Yeah. And and the other thing is, there are, there are probably one or two teams, probably one. There's one team that we don't see coming that won on Sunday that is going to win 13 games. Right? That always happens. The Vikings last year. The Cowboys. There's always one team where, where we're like, oh, they're an okay team, but they're not great. And you get to the end of the year, and they've won 12 or 13 games. And I can't figure out which that one team is this time. Well, for the for the first half of last night's game, you thought it might be the Chicago Bears and Khalil Mack, right? And then by the end of the game, you're like, oh, no, that's pretty much the same old Bears. And oh, they, they're probably going to go back to the quarterback <laughs> drawing board in about a year or two from now. Since we're just going around the league randomly right now, I had Christian Ponder flashbacks the entire second half watching Mitch Trubisky, where where he's great for the 
first 10 to 15 to 20 scripted plays, yeah. and you go down the field and you get some points early in the game and it looks comfortable, but then once everything settles in, late first half, second half, he's looking to run before going to his second read. And I had this overwhelming feeling on behalf of the Vikings and Vikings fans that you won't have to worry about Mitch Trubisky in this division ever. There's nothing special with Mitch Trubisky. And he and to me, like last night was so apparent. Dude, you're up by 20 points. Cut it loose. Second half. Now you're down. You got to go. And he's tucking and running just like Christian Ponder No, he was. got scared. So if yeah, you're, I get scared. that he's in his second year and he's got time to play it out, but I, I see nothing special with Mitch Trubisky. And I think the Vikings can breathe a sigh of relief that at least that part of the division is uh, going to go back to the say, drawing board. I will say, after watching Khalil Mack last night, though, I am terrified for Rashad Hill. Oh, and you should be. I am terrified oh, for him. And not even, just him. Even that to, entire, to a lesser degree, uh, yes. Riley Reef, just Absolutely. because he has the history of injuries and you just don't know between now and when they when they play the Bears, I think in October, I think it is, you're just wondering if he's going to be healthy and hold, and hold up because that guy is Dude, he's, he's simultaneously He sacked, was it Deshaun Kaiser at the time? Deshaun Kaiser, yeah. He snatched he the ball from him. He took the ball away yep. in one motion. And he just stood up the ball with it. right out yes. of his hands. <laughs> yes, and and you're right though, Rashad Hill. God help you. I mean, there's nothing you you're going to have to get him like three guys of chip help just to, to stop Mac. What Mac did last night, and and they did lose, but what he did in that first half last night was frightening to watch. If you're cousins, you're like. Uh, honey, I think we should up the uh, life insurance policy possibly by just a little bit right now because I got Rashad Hill trying to protect my butt, and that's not going to be good against Khalil Mack. Yeah. Uh, I'm just reading some tweets that are coming in here. At Phil Mackey, at Judd Zolga, actually at 1500 ESPN Judd. And then are you just at Manny Hill 84? Yes, correct. Is that your birth year? Yes. Or a big Randy Moss fan that's still? A, that's, that's the common misconception is that everybody thinks it's because I'm some like Randy Moss, Rube Homer and as a kid, yeah, I was, but no, it's it's my birth year. Okay. It's my birth year. Just reading some tweets here, though. Uh, Zach tweets into the show, looking forward to see how you guys handle the big time three to six spot. Hopefully more interesting subjects covered than repeating over and over the same rants and annoying sound bars. Good luck with the show. Uh, we wish you the best. Football! Football! Nope, same yeah, sounders. Football! Yeah, nothing's changing there. Football! Yeah, same... <laughs> Same exact use of those So yeah. is Zach a fan? Like, I couldn't fi- figure out. I tweeted him back, so did you like the old show? Did you like the 9 a.m. show, Zach? Same Saunders. Sorry, Zach. Yeah, the button bar hasn't changed here. Um, <laughs> all kinds of football stuff. And you know what? We can open up phone lines for the hour if you have thoughts on anything Vikings-related or... If you just want to rip us or 1500 ESPN, 651-646-8255. We're having an open mic day. Yes, 877-615-1500. Derek Wetmore on Twins later on. Courtney Cronin from ESPN.com will join us. Matthew Collar on Vikings later on in the show. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. Okay, man. On 1500 ESPN. Back in the uh, TCL broadcast studios of 1500 ESPN, Mackie and Judd rolls on. Manny here with a little bit of a look at your traffic. Southbound 35W, we got debris on the roadway uh, between East 35th Street and East 36th Street in Minneapolis. Look out for debris on the roadway. Otherwise, uh, things moving around pretty smoothly so far. Uh, Southbound, or excuse me, northbound 61, there's a crash 
at 694 and Jim Lake. Uh, look out for the crash on the uh, side of the road there. Back to Mackie and Judd. Boom. Thank you, Manny. Can I can I say one thing from uh, Sunday's game that while it was an admirable thing at the moment, I never want to see again in light of the fact that uh, Trevor Simeon, who I'm sure is a very nice guy, I don't want to see have to play. Kirk Cousins, unless it's the Super Bowl, <laughs> you are you are never you are never ever ever ever, especially in Week One, to dive head first going for a first down. That yeah. was I honest to God thought for a second. What if, I have expected him to get hit, hit the ground, and if you if you recall back in our days uh, covering the Vikings for separate entities together, Tavares Jackson took a hit one time, and it knocked him out, and his arms just shot straight up. Yeah, and he laid there like a statue. I have expected that. So Kirk, do us all a favor: three years, eighty-four million dollars to throw the football. You don't need to ever dive headfirst again. Yeah, that was. You know what though? I, I, I could argue on the flip side. I love how in like he was all into that game yesterday. Yes, and and he was over the top, passionate. It's it was definitely a guy who was miserable at his old stop, who was excited to join a really good franchise in probably the best stadium in the NFL. And for him, it felt like three hours culmination of the best six months of his life leading leading to that game right I just don't want him to die and on the field I, and i agree with you I, th- I think he was over overly exuberant in in a couple of those cases but think about if you're him and these are first world problems mind you when you're getting franchise tagged year to year and you feel like there's a lack of loyalty despite the fact that you just made like 53 million dollars over two years yes but if you're him and your old employer didn't believe in you and constantly questioned your abilities and the general manager questioned you and the coach and you hit free agency after betting on yourself. You signed at the time a record guarantee contract and you were the highest paid quarterback in the NFL for five minutes until Matt Ryan became the highest paid and Aaron Rodgers, et cetera. And I thought yesterday, although a little bit clunky was a validation if Kirk Cousins needed it, that he made the right decision that he chose the right team. He's got Thielen and Diggs catching passes all over the field, safety blanket, Kyle Rudolph. And Oh, by the way, your defense holds a pretty good up-and-coming San Francisco team to scratch until garbage time, basically, in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So if you're Kirk Cousins and you're looking around yesterday and you're looking at that stadium of skull chanters and 70,000 people. A lot more stability in the front office and everything in the coaching staff, yes. too. It was a day of validation, I think. I just want him to survive to, to the next day and game two. That's I just he contorted himself so oddly there. He got hit in his throwing shoulder too. Yeah, I just didn't that. like yeah, it. Was, I didn't like it. Was it was a little awkward. I, I understand his desire and want and competitiveness there. I just need you to go feet first next time. And if it means you don't get a first down, which by the way he did not, that's fine too. Yeah, I just love the fact that you're doing a show in the afternoons now, and you are in full-fledged Judd mode now. You're already <laughs> oh, panicking I, about Kirk Cousins getting injured, I diving that for a first down. Do you want Trevor Simeon, Manny? Let me ask you. I don't, do you want to tempt fate and think that Trevor Simeon can be your next Case Keenum? Because I sure as hell don't. It is, it is funny. Like, in all the takeaways from yesterday, like, Judd just comes bursting out with the Kirk Cousins, don't take that. Don't don't dive head first. Just don't dive head first. Yeah. You're the starting quarterback. 651 646 We'll keep open the phone lines as much as we can today. Paul, you're on the show. I gotta be the first. Yes. Paul. Yes. Hi, Paul. <laughs> Paul, hold on a second. Let's get Paul. Uh, oh, Same sounder, by the way. I, 
Well, I, Paul, I I want, to... Hold on, Paul. Paul, I want you to know that as one of the judges of the now defunct Sportscaster Idol competition, I was very impressed with your first round submission, and so were a lot of people. You stepped you stepped up big time in your audition. So bravo. Well, my wife seems to think that I got robbed here <laughs> because the concert got canceled. Does, does, you would you would have won. I said, "Well, does your wife know about the uh, the dimly lit hockey man cave that you reside in?" Oh yeah, I'm re- I'm uh, relegated <laughs> there when the Hallmark Christmas specials start. Oh, okay, <laughs> I'm down there from October through the end of January, pretty much. God bless you for but, that. But I, but I do have to. I was trying to find you at the fair, Phil, but you kept dodging me. I was going to shake your hand and thank you for the broadcast. Yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. I was only there for a, a total of about twelve minutes, unfortunately. You dodged me right. too, Paul. Don't yeah. feel bad. <laughs> yeah. I'm well, his radio know. partner. Well, what are your uh, what are your thoughts on on sports life here? Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth and their eulogy and <laughs> love affair with Aaron Rodgers was so annoying last night. Okay, we know he got injured. One leg, but for crying out loud, they weren't playing the 75 Steelers. They were playing like what you tweeted, and I thought the same thing, Phil, uh, Christian Ponder and the Chicago Bears. And uh, This idea that this was some miracle, okay, greatest comeback points-wise maybe, but who were they playing? They were playing the Chicago stinking Bears, and stink is where the uh, emphasis should be. Tr- tr- what's his name? Trubinsky? Yeah, you threw an extra yeah. N in there, but whatever. Yeah. What, whatever. My Mitch. word. I, I'm sitting there going, you know, you can throw the ball in this league. It's okay when you get <laughs> the ball after a hike. You can throw it. You don't just have to run around and then try to get two yards on a running play. It, it, it was so annoying. Willis Reed, give me a break. Yes. <laughs> Paul, thank you for the call. Thank you for being the first caller. He's been probably the most loyal morning Mackie and Jig caller and listener for the last five years. So to his point, yesterday was a double whammy great day for the Vikings that they won, and this is a tough schedule early on, and to beat a tough San Francisco team that I think most people agree, that team's going to be there in the playoff hunt at the end of the season, and Jimmy Garoppolo, even though he threw a bunch of picks, like he, he can play some football. So, so point number one for the Vikings is you won a game that you probably had to win to weather this early season schedule storm, but then points number maybe two and two B... The Bears are the up-and-coming team in the division and defense, and that's great. But if Mitch Trubisky plays like that the whole season, yeah. which is pretty much the same way he played last year, and I don't think there's anything special. Because then... as great as Khalil Mack is, he's not going to do what he did in the first half of that game every single week. Correct. And then on the on the flip side, if there was any doubt about whether the, Pack, if the Packers added enough pieces in the offseason, this and that, okay, you strip away Aaron Rodgers, and guess what? It's the same Packers. It's the same Packers just being duct taped together by the well, they, greatest quarterback they of got all time. Sean Kaiser. As like, their, like as their go to plan B. There, yes. there are teams now proactively realizing that if our starting QB gets hurt and we're a good team, we have to have a good backup. That's why the Saints went and got Teddy. Yes. What are the Packers doing? Like, how do you go get Deshaun Kaiser and say, you know what? This is sufficient. He's better than Brett Hundley. What yeah. happened to Hundley, by the way? Seattle now. Seattle, yeah. Got okay. traded to, they to traded Seattle. Him. But, but the, point, the point that I don't get is, I understand that Rodgers, if he gets hurt, is not going to be replaced by a Pro Bowl Hall of Fame QB. I totally get that. But how do you not go get somebody who, if he has to play, you can at least trust? I mean, Deshaun Kaiser looked lost. Agreed. And, and coming from a diehard Notre Dame fan, watching Deshaun Kaiser as a freshman a few years ago at Notre Dame, Brian Kelly was right. Brian Kelly was very vocal saying he shouldn't go to the NFL. This is a huge mistake. Not really, and he yeah. came out of Europe. 
But did anything happen yesterday? If you were kind of on the fence about, man, the Vikings have a tough schedule this year and the Packers have Rodgers coming back. And I know Rodgers was amazing in the second half and he's the best quarterback in the NFL. But when you look at the overall totality of the teams in the NFC North, yesterday only solidified my thought that, okay, the Vikings are still the team to beat in this division. Mm, not really. I guess I guess my question with Aaron is this. Is he is this bad? Is this an MCL sprain that, that he can play through? Can he play on Sunday? But there wasn't a lot. Now now the one thing that I would caution against though is week one observations are damn near impossible. The other thing that strikes me about this league, especially now, is I would say the first three or four games, it's more a case of can you win games because teams beat themselves? San Francisco played an abysmal game. Their play calling I didn't get. Their quarterback is going to improve but didn't have a great day. I think if you transplanted that San Francisco game once again and put it, let's say, in Week 8, it could be entirely different. But the Vikings played better in Week 8, too. But to the Vikings' credit, to the Vikings' credit, if you can take advantage of the fact that through the first three or four weeks, teams will beat themselves, San Francisco played a large role in playing a terrible game, and the Vikings took advantage of that. So... That's what's going to change eventually, and that's why it's so so hard right now to look at the games on Sunday and say, yeah, you know what, that team's disappointing. And let's remember, too, the Vikings, on the score sheet, they scored 24 points, but the offense only generated 17 because one of them was, one of the touchdowns was Mike Hughes' pick six. So I'm looking at the offense, for the Vikings specifically, are they going to, is this, the what we saw at the end of the first half, is that going to be something that continues? Because it can't. If you're going to play, you know, you can get away with that when you're playing San Francisco and Garoppolo's having kind of an off day and the 49ers, people are high on them. I got two panics. And so what happened? What happened? Manny, I like, I like where Manny's going here. I've been hanging on. Judd, Judd does have much. a kid. I didn't realize. <laughs> you're breaking down the film. He's breaking down the film. Well, and I felt like in the fourth quarter, too, it just... There were a couple of opportunities for the Vikings to really chew up some clock, and they didn't uh, do two, it. There were two series. There were three two series in a row. There were three. And they barely took any time off the clock. There were three Viking series from yesterday's game that that left me confused. And now I think, in fairness to the situation, we do have to keep in mind that their coordinator was calling plays for the first time since yep. Cleveland in like two thousand what sixteen or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there were three series that really confused me. The end of the first half was was abysmal, and then there were back to back series in the fourth quarter when they could have eaten up clock. And I'm just saying, run the ball. I'm I'm not saying that that you have to go crazy. But they went in both series. They went run pass pass, and they lasted a very short time. And San Francisco uh, sandwiched a score in between. But I will go back to the fact that Cousins is new, the coordinators new, and so that there's a lot of things again that if you panicked like I like to, or tried to pass judgment immediately, we did see a lot of good it's things. Impossible. That we yes. did see a lot of good things from yesterday that make you think, okay. Down the line, it's probably going to take a few weeks, but this offense is going to be pretty good. Including Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook. He didn't yes. have a big game. Dalvin Cook's going to have an enormous impact. He's he, a pain in the butt. He did have a classic Adrian Peterson-like run, oh, yeah. though, where you saw, the, you saw the fumble coming from 10 yards before it happened. Oh, yeah. Reed, like, pulls away. Oh, jersey's right. ripping. He's itching for the extra five <laughs> yards. And, and all you're thinking is this guaranteed. Get an arm in there and boom, pop the ball. Guaranteed right fumble. Peter, Peterson, by the way. No, just stop. like ninety-four yards and a touchdown. He'll he'll be hurt by week four. I mean, Peterson was Peterson went for was it four four and a half five yards a carry and almost a hundo and a touchdown yesterday. That is one hundred touchdown though. He's he's happy about that. Judd, did you have a Case Keenum write that down? 
I feel like you predicted had multiple a, picks for Case Keenum because he threw three interceptions yesterday. Yeah, I saw that. Three three touchdowns too, right? I had a Cousins, I want to say four touchdowns, something like that you opening game, which was incorrect. Yeah. I was close. Actually, here it is. You had, oh, you're, okay, here are your two predictions. If you're new to the show, we do predictions every Friday and keep track of them and our batting averages. You had Kirk Cousins throwing at least three touchdown passes in week one. Hmm. He had so, two. So close. But you have Keenum being picked off at least five times in the first three weeks of the season, and he's already sixty oh, percent of the way there. So I think <laughs> I'm going to hit that one. I yeah, think that's going to get there pretty. He close. had. I saw it when when we looked at the box score in the press box yesterday before that game was done. At that time, he had three picks and two touchdowns, and I think it was three and three by the end of the game. But uh, yeah, you know what? The horseshoe got left behind. I think. Yeah, I think the horseshoe got left behind. I think you're right. It's sitting in the Vikings locker room, and they won't give it back to Case. Uh, let's come back. Let's keep the football conversation going. I saw something, I believe it was on multiple games, but I know it for sure happened during the Vikings game. I think it's the NFL reacting to outrage. We'll talk about that. Also, we'll get some Twins discussion in with Derek Wetmore in the 4 o'clock hour, and then the 5 o'clock hour. We might just have Mackie and Judd football hour every day at 5 o'clock because we have big-time football guests in the 5 o'clock hour uh, all season long. Courtney Cronin from ESPN.com and Matthew Collar both in the 5 o'clock. Manny Hill is along. It's Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. As the situation changes, your decision-making process has to change. And so first quarter, second down, you slide long before that guy could ever get you. Uh, third down, game on the line, a couple minutes left. I think you got to find a way to get the first best you can, or at least get close to a fourth down where now it's going to get interesting. Or get your neck broken by yep. five hulking linebackers. <laughs> yep, and or just slap feet first and <laughs> accept the fact. As as Chili used to say, live to uh, fight another down. Uh, uh, live. Uh, he said it. Oh, see, Judd, see, you got to warn me if you're going to do stuff like that, if you're going to. Uh, oh, nice. I'm sorry about that. See, it's a new show. I'll, I'll know next time. Uh, you got to. Uh, because. Oh, see, I can't find it. See, now I'm mad at myself because I can't. <laughs> I think actually, I think we have like a ten minute highlight clip of just Brad Childress doing this somewhere in our system. Tahi, um, uh, um, or uh, um, and um, um, you know, um, uh, um. Uh, did you guys see the the NFL is constantly overreacting to just little blips here and there, and not to say that they're overreacting to brain damage because I think it's good that they're trying to reduce some of those things. But I feel like they overreacted to injured players on the field yesterday. I don't know if you guys saw that. I know Jeb was at the stadium, so you probably, you were watching from the press box, but um, Brock Coyle linebacker for the 49ers went down at some point with what looked like he was, he was kind of motionless and, and guys were on a knee. I believe it was when like Richard Sherman was on a knee. It looked really bad. Yes. Yeah, well, there was a couple. One Niner got carted off. I think Brock Coyle wound up going off on his own power. They did bring him back to the sidelines. But at first, it looked really bad. So it looked, yeah, it looked horrible at first, yes. which prompted the camera crew to go up to the booth. So instead of like showing crowd shots and showing, uh, or, or, or showing shots of players on one knee and showing uh, Brock Coyle motionless on the ground, they just went up to Charles Davis and Kevin Burkhart to tap dance for three or four awkward minutes. Yeah, and it was to me it was evident that they were blatantly trying to avoid showing an injured player on the field because Burkhart kept saying things like, uh, well, "Well, we have a moment here as they're uh, tending to an injured player. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, 
the the quarterback. Yeah, the quarterback. Let's. It so was like, like let's talk about literally anything else except so you think for it's a like play the producer the in their ear saying, "Just change the subject. Anything, just talk anything. about whatever you want. Just Nothing don't take the attention away from the injury." <laughs> if that's the case, though, then that that's going to be. I, I wonder if I wonder if they are now at a point where if there looks to be something where a guy has suffered a head or spinal injury of some sort, that that's going to be the mandate. Because I did Don't see, show him. I did see ESPN and CBS or Fox. Somebody came out before the season started and said, "We are no, we will no longer under any circumstance, except for very special occasions, show the national anthem." And that's it. So yeah, you're right though. The league part of the problem is. For a league that makes billions and billions, they are afraid to essentially tell people, just go bleep yourself. Like, we're the National Football They're League. They're so worried about perception. Everything. But I mean, with everything. To that point, to the anthem point, just once in a while, it's like you do realize that you guys, one, you're not going to please everybody. It's impossible. And two, you are a billion dollar, the most successful professional sports league in this country, if not the world or close. Just tell people, hey, Okay, guy got hurt, but we're not going to not show it. It is weird. It's like this is the reality. We've all we've all watched football for a long time, and we watched in the late '80s, early '90s, and even if you're a young fan, in the late '90s, early 2000s, when guys were getting decapitated, and it was being shown on the Monday night highlight. They had a, they had a segment called Jacked Up that wasn't that long ago. <laughs> I think they just ended the segment about five or six years ago, right? <laughs> yes. And I don't know. I I also thought. You saw some of these penalties. You saw one on Sheldon Richardson yesterday yep. where he sacks the quarterback and because his feet came off the ground for a second and he landed. I mean, I could he have tackled Garoppolo a little differently? I don't even know. Like he's but that's Sheldon all because of the, pounds. But that's all because of the bar Aaron Rodgers thing from last year. That's the whole reason why that rule exists. Yep. And it drives me crazy because if that was Anthony Barr hitting Tyrod Taylor or Blake Bortles or somebody, they wouldn't have made a rule. The Jaguars and, and, might have sent a thank you letter to the Bortles, Vikings. Right. If it was Bortles, he'd be doing us all in a tremendous favor by getting that terrible quarterback out of this league. Although, I, don't I don't know. Would have, that would have meant that Chad Henney would have played, and I don't know if that would have been much better for yeah. them. But do, but, you, do you think, is it realistic to say, you know the play I'm talking about with Sheldon Richardson, yeah. he yep. gets flagged 15 yards. What's he supposed it, to do? It, that's my question. Is it objectively, objectively as we can be, is it possible for a guy who's that big at the last minute, bang, bang, to tackle a quarterback drastically differently? Like, is there anything he could have done? Do you think Do you think no. in that moment he could no. have done anything differently? Because no. I don't know if he can. I no. mean, I'm not big enough to given, say, I guess. Given how, getting there, but. given how he was raised playing the sport, absolutely not. We are, I'm telling you, we are probably 10 years away from some new way to determine a quarterback sack that will not involve actual physical contact. The electronic strike zone will be met by the electronic sack. I mean, is it like possible a that a quarterback could... will have a little chip that yes. will start beeping and a, you're down? But the Aaron Rodgers play from last night, the league, and I, I don't totally, the scary thing is I don't totally blame them. The league looks at the his knee get bent back, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you go from the Green Bay Packers, Super Bowl contenders, uh, NBC wants to show them as much as possible to Deshaun Kaiser. Yeah. And that's the, it. And that's it right there. The, the dose that we got of Deshaun Kaiser in nationally televised primetime opening Sunday game of the year, millions of people watching. Getting is the, the ball NFL's, snatched out of his hands, literally <laughs> by Khalil Mack. It's the NFL's biggest fear <laughs> that you just have a bunch of games like that, especially as Fox is now rolling out this 
hey, the Thursday night games are actually good games now campaign that you saw every single commercial break. And that plan goes to bleep if Aaron Rodgers is. So I get it. Yes. I just wonder if it's possible to ask a 295-pound, three machine as he's in the air, essentially, to not tackle a quarterback a certain the, way. The, the sad thing is the moment Rodgers got hurt last night and they were showing the replays and everything, the first thing that came to my mind is, are they going to make another rule? Are they going to make well, another I'm, rule yes. if he's out for the year? And it yes. looked like at that point that this was going to be a huge injury and he's going off on the cart and we're thinking, okay, he's going to be done for the year. Packers season completely derailed. Are they going to make another rule to where you just basically can't, you cannot touch a quarterback now just because the biggest star in the game has gotten injured again? I think the chip implant idea the answer is, yes. is a legitimately possible thing. Or you, if, you get, if, if you get two hands on a quarterback, but like... Then you'd have to have chips implanted into the hands of the defensive player so that you know yeah. it's a defensive player's hands and not like some handsy ad hockey leave, you know. Quarter- how long how long before we get to a point where they're enforcing rules like the Pro Bowl, where you're not even allowed to blitz anymore? I don't think we're going to get there. I think they're gonna come up with a technology that allows you that it still allows you to blitz, but it's going to be the the reality is the elite quarterbacks in this league are the best cars possible. And if they get damaged or ruined, they're done. And so when you look at Rodgers and Brady, if you go down that list of, let's say, five to maybe eight guys, you if you are the NFL today, you cannot afford to have them out. You Six, can't. 651-646-8255. Chancey in Fargo. What's going on, Chancey? Welcome to the afternoons with us. Well, let's pod. Can we pod Chancey up there? Chancey, we got you now. Hi, Chancey. Yeah, it's different talking to you guys in the afternoon for sure. You but, still get uh, to rip us the same that you uh, would in the mornings, though, <laughs> so feel free. I'm not going to rip you guys, but I'm going to do something that I'm on two levels I'm not sure is okay in Minnesota. One is to talk about a kicking thing with Judd on the air, because I'm a little nervous about that. But two is to question Mike Zimmer's decision-making. I brought this up with Manny yesterday, and I know I'm nitpicking. Uh, I brought it up on Vedline. So here, here's my thought. You bring in a new kicker, supposedly because he's got a stronger leg, than your old kicker, right? First drive of the game, they drive down, they stall over the 38-yard line, so that's a 55-yard field goal. What do we do? Punt. Take the kick. I, I just, I don't understand Zimmer. Now, I know my, I know what Judd's going to say. Zimmer doesn't trust him. This, that. The NFL has their logic all wrong. See, if you have a great defense, you should take that kick more often because if you leave your opponent with good field position, they should be able to bail you out. Was this the, the first with, the first uh, where they punted when it was no score? Or are you talking later in the yeah. game? 0-0. Zero, zero. Yeah. They have the ball at the 38-yard line, right? It's a 55-yard field goal. I'm not saying it's a gimme chip shot, right? But it, I don't think this team is going to have as explosive an offense as people think. And as the season goes on, I think those points are at a premium. And then you're at the end of the half, yep. and they're saying, well, it's about a 60-yard field goal, right? Yep. Again, we supposedly brought in the new kicker with a strong leg. You're in indoors, perfect conditions, no wind, no rain, you know. And what's what's a higher percentage play, a Hail Mary from 50 yards or a 60-yard field goal? I bet if you st- took the stats in the NFL and just checked that out, the field goal wins. And uh, I just think it's a better play. I mean, he either makes it or he drills it out the back of the end zone, one of the two, and you go to halftime. I, I don't like Zimmer's uh, cautious approach with the kicking game, even if he doesn't trust his kicker. I feel it's going to get him in trouble down the road. So that's all I got on that. Thanks, Chancey. Appreciate it. Here's my thought process about that, because as the game unfolded, I thought the same exact thing. Like, at the end of the first half, yeah, it's a 60-yard field goal. 
But you told us that you got this guy sort of for that. I don't think that Zim and Spielman necessarily are on the exact same page with this kid. I think Spielman's like, 60-yard field goal, yeah, let's do it. But he's not on the sideline in-game. And Zimmer is. And I think Zimmer sees things like block kicks return for touchdowns. And Mike, I think Mike is very willing to take chances in a game on things that he trusts. But I think if Mike doesn't trust it entirely, he's not going to take that chance. So defensively, he'll throw weird stuff out there, and he'll be convinced that that will work, and often it does. So I don't know that the Carlson thought process from the GM to the head coach is the same. Uh, the, I, I believe it was Charles Davis in the booth that I, I agree with his point. This is a rookie kicker, and it's his first potential field goal attempt in the NFL. And Mike Zimmer probably had that in his mind, too. Let's get him a little closer for his first ever field goal. Now, they got him to 48 for his first attempt, and he nailed it. Mm-hmm. But to not run a guy out there from 55, in general, I agree with Chancey's point which is you should be more aggressive on fourth down and in scoring situations when you're an NFL head coach. You shouldn't be looking to punt from uh, from midfield on fourth and one, right? You should be more aggressive in those situations. How much of that, though, too, just has to do with the fact that Carlson missed two field goals in the Seattle game, the, the third preseason game? Oh, I think it, it that, that, that was just completely on but his I mind. Mike, like, I don't. And even though he kind of redeemed himself, yes. in the fourth game, yep. it's still in the back of Zimmer's mind. Like, I'm just, I don't know, if, I don't know if I trust this kid. Yet. I think, as I said, Mike Zimmer's very willing to take a risk or a chance if he completely trusts it, yeah. and and if that involves his coaching, he'll do it. But he can't control kickers, and and I think he can't. That's the sta- thing. He's he going to have to learn him. to trust this kid because he's here, and he's going to have to. He's not going to want to, but he doesn't really have much of a choice, I don't think. Mackie and Judd, that's Manny. He is uh, the third voice and the producer of our show here as we move to our new time slot, 3 o'clock to 6 o'clock. And uh, we appreciate all you guys who've made the migration from our mid-morning slot. We have Gopher football news and Minnesota Timberwolves news that we're going to get to. Unfortunately, neither one of them necessarily good, depending on your outlook on the Wolves news. We'll do that. We also have Wetmore on Twins and Matthew Collar and Courtney Cronin, both in the 5 o'clock hour on Vikes. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Just hold your ass right there. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. On 1500 ESPN. And back here in the TCL Broadcast Studios at 1500 ESPN, Mackie and Judd rolls on. A quick look at your traffic. Got a uh, crash, 494 westbound between 35W and Penn Avenue in Richfield. Look out for a crash there. Also, uh, we've got a crash on the 149 northbound between O'Neill and 494 in Mendota Heights. So uh, if you're on the roads in those areas, uh, be on the lookout for some crashes in those areas. Back to Mackie and Judd. Be on the lookout for a car crash between 3 and 6 p.m. every day on 1500 ESPN now, too. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking now about. Now that our show is on. Smooth as can be right now. Actually, it has been a fairly smooth uh, 51 minutes and, and 40 seconds. <laughs> and we don't, we don't normally go bonkers with phone calls, but because this is a new time slot for us and um, and we are transparent and open, we have open phone lines from now until the end of the hour and I don't know, all week, too. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Let's take a couple more here before we get to Gophers and Wolves news. Pete in Minneapolis. What's up, Pete? Oh, hi, guys. Good to hear your show. Thank you. Thanks, Pete. Um, Yeah, about this national anthem thing. I actually talked to my uh, cousin's husband who's a judge, 
And he said the First Amendment, because I, I read in the paper again on Thursday, or Thursday after the Thursday night thing, you know, the, my, some Miami Dolphin guy I read inside a paper, said, you know, the NFL should let us exercise that First Amendment right. The First Amendment, it means government can't tell you what to do. Yeah, I, I don't mean to, I got to cut Pete off, because we weren't talking about the National Anthem or the First Amendment, so... We'll do that maybe some TV, other show. But TV or the the league, the league is very scared of this, and that's what we're talking yeah, about. Harry yeah, Harry in Connecticut, you're on the show. What's up, guys? What's up, guys? What's like going a on, new dude? time slot. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good, man. Uh, so yeah, I, you know, I called in the vent line yesterday, and uh, you know, after like, I couldn't watch the entire game, but I went back, saw a lot of replays, and you know, and I and also listened to the purple, co- um, the uh, the uh, what you call it? Uh, sorry, the uh, vent line. No, the Purple Podcast. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. Uh-huh. In so, and listening to that, you know, Judge, you pointed out a good point, was that when they had that rotation with the D-line, uh, with Coach Patterson, mm-hmm. and, and they swapped out basically all four guys, that was one thing I thought was interesting, because, you know, it, I thought that the D-line played good. I mean, you know, they got pressure on them consistently. I mean, the starting four, like when you look at them, the lineup is like murderer's row. It's so good. And Daniel Hunter is just a savage. And then you got Sheldon in there playing amazing. Um, and of course, uh, you know, Everson, you know, you know what he could do as well. And of course, uh, Joseph. But then on the back end, too, um, I, I, I know Harrison Smith had a good game statistically, but I know when they talked about some of the plays he got burned on and stuff like that, it was interesting to see, though. But it's hard to put a value on those X factor plays that he makes and the fact that they're scoring more on defense this year. And, and look, it's one game, you know, keep it in perspective, right? But it is very promising to look at that from that perspective to see that, Hey, if they can continue this trend of, of still producing points on defense when their offense is stalling, I think that's very, very promising. And uh, just one little uh, note on the whole, like uh, you Rogers thing last night with the game. If you watch the post-gate's interview, his eyes look like he'd been given, I don't know how many drugs. And yes. Okay, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Harry. So people are Great tweeting point. about that, too. He he was super chill, even more than he usually is, and he was a little bit, it was like he was on laughing gas or something. So they definitely uh, gave him something at halftime, when, didn't when they? He, when he talked to Tafoya, Thanks, Harry. he was somewhere between sort of like out of it and almost crying. Well, what was the one? She, she, she was, and she could sense, oh, he's, he's in sort of an informational mood. And so she said, <laughs> well, her second question was, what was the injury? And usually a player would say, ah, you know, uh, I'm not going to Great win by the guys today. Yeah. 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 And he goes, it was my knee. My, yeah. <laughs> but, the way, but the way he said it was like. It was like he was drunk. It was he, my knee. He yep, kind silly. of reminded me, and I tweeted this out last night, and he kind of reminded me of his predecessor. Just a little bit. There was a little just too a much little information. Bit, a little bit too much there information. He was super, super happy. Was right. And, yeah, he just had this big grin on his face. Yeah, he reminded me a lot like uh, good old number four. Yeah, he's usually way more coy than that, but he was he was kind of on the verge of tears, kind of on the verge of laughing, and then giving away too much information. He's <laughs> usually know, he's usually more coy and cool as well. Like he's always got this sort of chill factor of I'm you know I I'm pretty cool. And in this case, you're right. He seems sort of Farvinian in his. How oh, was my knee? Yeah, <laughs> let's go have some more fun at another press conference here shortly. I'll tell you what this uh, Geronimo Allison. Wide receiver for the Pat. They always every few Ooh. years another guy pops up. Devonte Adams popped up a few years ago. They uh, it's a combination of them not hurting at wide receiver and him making decent wide receivers look incredible too because he's so good. That touchdown pass was it Allison or Adams? Uh, the back one? back right corner of the end zone. Allison, that was, that that was, was Allison. Allison. Yeah. God, that was a throw well, and yeah. a catch. But yeah, with with one leg. 
Because his front he leg... He threw it on one leg, basically. Yeah, he, yeah. he leaned back, heaved it off the one leg, and I don't think that the front leg, which was the, the bad knee, hit the ground. He just sort of heaved it. Can you imagine if, if Aaron Rodgers had Patriots infrastructure for the last decade and a half? He'd have certainly more than one championship. If you gave him top 10 defenses and you gave him Bill Belichick and you gave him you, you Randy he, Moss in his prime for three years. He had a GM yeah. who got it instead of a GM who was convinced that he could trade all his draft picks and trade back to get like a sixth round guy and was going to be a genius like Ted Thompson did to him. Yeah. And or, that they had fired Dom Capers before my eight years. They fired, they fired Dom Capers like five years too late, I know. man. <laughs> we were... The biggest regret of this show today, we were so excited when it was 20 to nothing to open the show, the first 3 o'clock show of Mackie and Jeb with Packer Ventline for an hour straight. and uh, We got know. some stuff, though. I got, I got some stuff from Packer Ventline. Well, let's come, ba- let's come back with a little, just a little taste let's of it. Okay. It would have been so much more juicy, but we do have some stuff. And also, we'll get to some go for football news and some just classic Timberwolves news. The press release was just sent out a little while ago. Mackie and Judd, Manny hanging out from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Don't go anywhere. Assume the position. More Mackie and Judd coming up next on 1500 ESPN.